Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. As everyone knows, we are welcoming to the airwaves today Nikki Sabbath, a sculptor, painter, photographer, muse, model, Nikki Sabbath. Nikki Sabbath is blazing her unique trail as a multi-medium artist. Born in Iran, Sabbath grew up between France and Canada. She was writing poetry at seven and was a featured student poet at the National Education Convention. At eight, Sabbath was wood carving, and her sculptures were showcased at the City Art Fair. Upon graduating high school at 16, she was signed to the prestigious Ford Modeling Agency. Sabbath traveled the world, establishing herself as an international model. She spent years living all over Asia in cities such as Hong Kong, Bangkok, and Boracay Island. She later lived for a time in Europe and South Africa. Upon her return to North America, she studied interior architecture at Ryerson University in Toronto. She quickly realized her passion was in creating with more of a hands-on approach rather than the world of academia. In search of new inspiration, Sabbath relocated to Los Angeles, California, and soon thereafter made Silver Lake's well-known La Fonderie Atelier her primary studio. Her secondary studio is in Red Hook, Brooklyn. It is there where she began working on her first monumental bronze sculpture for 50 Verick, the Tribeca Film Festival building in New York City. She currently resides between Los Angeles and New York. When film and fashion industry movers and shakers began taking notice, Sabbath found herself being lured back into the entertainment industry by photographers and directors. However, now her creative peers are regarding her as a muse for their endeavors. Let's welcome to the airwaves, Nikki Sabbath. Hi, Nikki. Hi, how are you, Deborah? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for asking. Absolutely. Now, Nikki, there is a fascinating picture of you standing next to your sculpture of the black high heel boot, which is as tall as you are. What was <laughs> what was the inspiration behind that? It's amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, well, actually, that's a ballerina boot. Um, the inspiration behind that. I, I mean, ballerina boot has existed ever ever since the Venetian times. Um, a lot of people think it's, it's just a boot, but it's actually a toe boot. And um, uh, for me, it was about power, you know, about the concept of power. And, um, you know, to, to be able to stand on your tippy toe, you know, um, on a ledge, perhaps um, it's, it, it takes so much power, you know, and at the same time, it's so vulnerable. So I was just playing with that concept. Oh, well, it's 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 fascinating uh, to see something that big and that tall and that beautiful um, as a as a shoe or as a boot. But anyway. Um, you have lived all over the world as an international model. How 
has modeling influenced your art career? Uh, well, it actually has in many different ways. You know, um, for one, it's, it has introduced me to different cultures, not, you know, just as a tourist, but uh, because every time I would move somewhere, I would at least live there for about three, four months, times a year or so. Uh, I was welcomed as a as, as a local, so I got to live as a local, you know, and um, just experience that specific city or country as a local person, which to me it's so amazing because it you can't compare it to reading in a book or you know anything like that, and um, you know uh, just experiencing different cultures, it just it's widened my palette, you know, and um, also there's a social aspect of it, uh, the, living the modeling life, <laughs> it's quite interesting because um, it's just so extreme, you know, so you see all the glamour and then at the same time there's just, there's this um, simplicity and also there's there's it's kind of in a way bittersweet as well, you know, because um you you just come across a lot of different uh young girls and um just their mentalities and um for me that was that that has been a huge inspiration. How these beautiful creatures, how um you know, uh, how they view themselves and how they're being treated and their experiences and my own experiences. Uh, I find that in my art, I always draw a lot from, you know, those experiences that I saw and some of them I went through myself. Uh, So it's been both a social thing and it's been uh, a cultural you know absolutely well being an international model um, generally you know you don't hear that a model turns into you know doing sculpting I know you did that for years as you know when you were younger what what made that transition for you from modeling to um, to sculpting well you know um Actually, it's funny because I didn't even know what modeling, the concept of modeling was. <laughs> um, I, I really didn't know. I was I was in Iran until I was 11 years old and over there, you know, right now, especially there is no talk about modeling, what it is or whatnot. Um, so for me, it was such a nouveau concept and I sort of saw it as as a ticket to get to travel, you know, and see the world. Oh. And uh, that that was what I found to be interesting, you know, because I had no idea about the culture, you know, like <laughs> the models and, like, all of these things, you know. Um, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's quite funny, but it's true. So once I found out that through modeling you get to um, have these contracts and travel 
to places that I wouldn't necessarily get to go to, um, especially at such a young age, I was I I was like sign me up, you know. So yeah. <laughs> who would who wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My parents were pretty traumatized, but you know, I mean, I just for me, I've always been such a dreamer, and um, I wanted to see the world. And what better way to you know be able to support yourself and travel. Uh, to countries like Thailand and South Africa and, you know, like, get to be a part of their culture. Absolutely. Now, now you mentioned, you mentioned some of those places. Uh, when you get to those places and you were modeling, were you thinking to yourself, like, I need to create something uh, sculpting-wise to, to remember this by or to share with the world. Was was that kind of uh, what you had in mind? Or was it something that kind of just gradually happened? You know, honestly, for me, um, I find that actually I take a lot of things in uh, subconsciously. And then when the right time comes, it sort of kind of comes out of me, you know. And so during my traveling, um no, what I wanted to do was that experience as much as possible when it comes to everything, you know, the environment, the natural environment, the cultural aspects, just everything, you know. And um, it's sort of like a treasure box, you know, as an artist. And all these years I gathered all these things, um, all these memories, experiences, uh, not necessarily materialistic things at all. And, um, you know, once I settled down, um, I found that slowly when the right time came, you know, that specific experience would, you know, would come up and uh, it would be like the perfect color, for instance, you know. And um, the thing is that when you're modeling and you're traveling as a model, it's sort of like a gypsy lifestyle, right? So right. You're, it's just, um, yeah, I, I was sketching, I was writing, but you're really just carrying a suitcase and you can't make some <laughs> ulcers or have these massive paintings or whatnot, you know? All right. you have is your your experiences and your memories, you know? Um, and I find that it became very handy. <laughs> it's very handy right now. I'm very lucky to have that. Absolutely. All right. So um, how do you choose, like, you do sculpture. How do you choose what material you're going to use for a particular sculpture? Well, for one thing, I'm always in search of materials. You know, I'm, I'm a very curious person. I'm always um, just reading. I'm a nerd, so I read, read, <laughs> you know. For instance, for a while, um, I was painting called Massa Black, which um, actually it wasn't created too long ago. It must have been now, probably three years ago. And uh, at the time, I was trying to express um, the feeling or the emotion of the darkest of the dark, blackest of the black. So 
I was like, hmm, I wonder what's what is what 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 where can I find the blackest of the black? And interestingly uh-huh. enough, um, I came across this article uh, about NASA and how it had created uh, this the blackest of the black actually, which absorbs ninety six point six six something. Uh, of the light, and they use it for inside the telescopes, right? And, um, which is very interesting. And they don't actually sell it to, you know, to the general public. But once I found out about it, um, I I just had to contact them and beg them, and they thought it was just like a crazy girl, you know, asking them for like you know like a bucket of their paint. And um, but to me, it's just any material that I use has uh, a purpose or a significance or some has a symbolic meaning, you know. Right. Or, for instance, bronze. I use bronze usually when I make my sculptures because, you know, um, bronze lasts forever and it's just, it just has this heaviness, you know, and um, it outlasts human beings, human lives, and, like, centuries, and to me, that's very interesting. At the same time, I also um, use personal and found objects, and when I use personal objects, it's usually attached to uh, a a specific experience, you know? Um. So every little thing has a little bit of meaning behind it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I'm a very specific person. Right. Well, it's it's fascinating because you do choose your materials very, you know, very specifically, and just like you did for the the 50 Varex that you um, created the bronze sculpture for, I assume that you used the bronze for a particular reason, and. Absolutely. Uh, it was it was used in in um, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival building, which I would think had something to do with film, or was it? How, how did it come about? Okay, I'll tell you the story. So okay. um, this is Fifty Varick. Uh, the sculpture it's called Gravity, and it's a five foot nine bronze boot and uh, a ballerina boot. Um, the reason I chose bronze was because of the fact that, first of all, I mean, it's New York City, it's it's such a prestige building, and right. the, the company that commissioned me to do that, they're just, you know, like, I had to keep up with, you know, their reputation, you know, so... Um, I wanted to use the metal that I respect the most, and that would be bronze for me. When it comes to sculptures, I mean, I've sculpted with uh, stainless steel and beryllium and played around with several different types of um, metals. But, again, bronze it just has this... Um, uh, it's just very romantic, you know, the yes. concept of it you know, being so heavy, but at the same time, it just carries this history, you know. Right. So that's why I chose to uh, use bronze. 
for that specific sculpture because I know that um, 50 Barrick, it's going to, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be one of the monumental, you know, places mm-hmm. um, in New York. You know, people are going to be talking about it. It's, um, it's a very artistic uh, and cultural, cultural oriented place. Um, basically, it's, uh, it's meant to bring all different artists from different mediums together, whether it's film or um, you know, photography, visual arts, fashion, you know. Um, so I thought that it would be just the perfect uh, metal to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to um, see it the next time I go to New York. I'm going to definitely look it up. Um, well, okay, so when you when you do create sculptures, uh, what is the inspiration behind, is there a specific inspiration behind every sculpture that you have, and how does... How do you come up with that particular theme for something? You know, I'm a very spontaneous person. However, I I seem to, I have noticed this, that I have this ongoing fascination with, uh, with what's going on in our society today, um, being a woman and having lived my life as, as a model, you know, I've... Um, experienced very interesting things, you know, when it came to power of just, you know, how women are treated our society today and all of that. So there's always this underlying, um, you know, story about sexuality and um, power. But at the same time, as I would I would say evolved uh, mm-hmm. in my art. Um, I've become more specific. I've become more honest. I it's become more easy for me to be free, you know, and um, just I don't be raw and just let it all go and not be afraid to talk about my own experiences, you know. I suppose. Three years ago, I would have been a little bit concerned about what, you know, some people might think, you know, about some of these experiences that I've had. But um, now it's just, it's sort of, it's something that I like to, I like to share because, you know, um, I find that it actually affects other young girls' lives as well, you know, especially being, you know, a Middle Eastern woman, you know? Right, right. Certainly. Well, as a, as an artist, um, Nikki, I understand there are several celebrities that are admirers of your work, among them Randy Jackson and 50 Cent. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, first and foremost, I, I just have such great admiration for both of these gentlemen. Um, I mean, I remember that when I met Curtis, uh, it was uh, at the beginning of, um, let's say, quote-unquote, my 
a professional artist career. Right. You're an art. You, you know, you don't wake up one day and decide to become an artist. <laughs> you know, here's this man who's just so incredibly talented and humble, you know, and the fact that, you know, that was like the beginning of when I was like able to support myself through my art and um, for him to actually have encouraging words and say, hey, you know what, nice to see you. I actually, wow, I like this piece. He very deep. He picked this piece. Um, it's called Just Smile, and it was uh, it's a skull with a gun itself, and um, it symbolizes for for me anyway um, the individual against you know establishment, society, and authority. Not in a negative way, but you know, I feel that at some point or another, we've all felt alone. You know, yes. and um, and what do you do? You know, do you give up or do you just sort of like smile and you know, like be, be like, I'm not going to give up, right. right? And for him to pick up on that, it was it was there, and I completely understand why. I mean, he he's worked so hard in his career. Um, it was an honor, and um, for him to actually uh, say it that you know what, Nikki, I I like this piece, and I'm gonna hang it in my office. It was just, you oh, know, wow. as a young artist, it was it was it couldn't be any, like it was the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. It just gave and- me power. Oh, absolutely. What about Randy Jackson? I mean, Randy, he's amazing. He's just, you see him in American Idol and all of that. Again, a very encouraging gentleman. And, um, again, these these characters are just, you know, so big. And for them to be supportive is just, you know, because most of the times people are like, what are you doing? Especially at the beginning of my career, they're like, how are you going to support yourself as an artist? You know, right. especially with the way the economy was at the time. Sure. Um, it was it was kind of frightening. You know? Should I um, follow my heart and uh, my dream of, you know, doing art or, you know, like just not, you know, and uh, people like them that with their words and their encouragement and, you know, like, uh, for instance, again, hanging my art to their office and telling me that, hey, you know what, young girl, I'm going to show everyone your art, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know what, I can do it. And, um, yeah, so I did it and because of those words, I was able to, you know, years later create Gravity, the Tobu, which is at 50 Derek. Oh. Wow. Well, obviously you have a, you, you obviously have a following, and it's because of, of your art and how, how fascinated everybody is with it. Um, it is you know, like I said, something of, of beauty. Uh, we all have 
we all have people that inspire us, as you do as well, obviously. How does it feel to know that you're an inspiration to others now as well? You know, it's actually, um, I never thought about it, to be honest, but um, uh, what happened was that my father, he goes back and forth between um, Iran and the United States, and he, he told me, he said that, you know, they probably don't have any idea, but um, there are these young girls that actually have picture of your art, um, Herself or whatever, uh, as the wallpaper on their computer. And, you know, at first I was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I'm not like a actress or like a singer or, or, you know, I didn't see myself. I'm just an artist, you know, playing with my clay, you know. <laughs> um, but then I realized that, you know what, um, actually... People are paying attention to the visual arts that is affecting them. And it made me um, be more aware and be more present, basically being more present. Um, trying to uh, use my art to communicate and uh, speak for those who cannot. Again, going back to being an Iranian woman, you know, Right. Because I I know that there are tons of young girls my age over there, and they're unable to you know speak out their mind. You know, um, we hear about horror stories and news every day, pretty much. You know, and for me to have the luxury to first of all do something that's my passion, and right? Then you know, secondly, like having it as a pedestal to be able to, you know, talk about my experience and feelings as a, as a woman, as an individual, you know, and this resonates with you know, other young girls. It's right. just like, it's a huge responsibility, you know. It's um, it's empowering, but at, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, it's no longer just me having fun. There's there's a lot of responsibility attached to it as well. Uh, interesting. Okay, you have two studios, one in California and one in New York. What is the difference between working in your studio in L.A. at La Fonderie Atelier versus your studio in Red Hook, Brooklyn? And what does your studio space bring to your art? Oh, well, you know, um, as any artist would tell you, your studio space is your sanctuary, you know. It's so private, you know. You spend most of your time there, and that's where you're creating. Kind of letting yourself loose and being free, you know. And um, the difference, I would say, is that in Los Angeles, Tends to be a little bit more calm. <laughs> ah. It's like a twenty-four-seven kind of a town, obviously, and it's very inspirational. I find that I usually do most of my work, um, and 
when I come to Los Angeles, uh, I love wondering at TV. Yeah, that's where I do my sculptures. Um, and I think that's because uh, because the TVA is a little bit like it's a little bit removed from the whole Hollywood. Um, right. Just kind of like gives me the time to um, contain myself and, you know, um, just work, work through things, you know, through myself. I, I suppose the easiest way of saying it is that in Los Angeles, um, I tend to be more uh, of an introvert, whereas uh-huh. in New York, it's, uh, it's, it's more of a... You know, it's a community. There are so many artists, visual artists there. It's right. Vibing uh, off of one another. However, I should say that um, that is also changing Los Angeles. Perhaps it was because I wasn't in Los Angeles long enough. <laughs> but there is such a beautiful, optimistic uh, art in Los Angeles. I actually got to know the artists from the 60s, you know, their work, all of that. Oh, wow. Um, I just, I think that a lot of artists are actually moving to uh, Los Angeles Mm -hmm. to get to have that time themselves, you know. To work work it out, work out, you know, like all the experiences that they have gone through. from their traveling. Right. Right. So yeah. What um what can can you tell me about your upcoming project with Italian Vogue, Vaguely Fatal. Title Vaguely Fatal. Yeah, Vaguely Fatal. Um it was it's quite interesting because uh I suppose um it started out as it being sort of uh an introduction of me uh, as an artist, you know, um, uh, in the fashion world or like just for the readers, I suppose. Um, but uh, we actually ended up uh, doing a short video, which Italian Vogue does on their website. And uh, it was a, a complete pleasure to do that. And uh, I it just became something much bigger than I had expected, you know, instead of just being, you know, an interview. Um, everybody got so excited, and the actual video became a piece of art itself, and it's a film noir, oh. a genre of the film, and uh, it was a very talented director, and uh, Udo Kier, the actor Udo Kier, uh, uh, I was lucky enough to act um, opposed to him, and uh, it was it was became such an interesting film that actually the director decided to make a longer version of it, and um, we were all just having so much fun. You know, we didn't want to like have like just five minutes of like, <laughs> you know this thing, so it just kept going on and on and on, and. Uh, I hear that he's now playing with it to uh, make it into a short film for uh, for the festivals that are coming up for the film festival. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is very interesting and completely new to me. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to to wrap things up, because um, I don't want to keep you too long, I appreciate all of your time. Can you tell us about any projects you have coming up that we can? Oh my gosh, uh, so much, so much. But I guess you have to bring me back because okay. absolutely, I would love to now. <laughs> but um, I, I'm, you know, I always will work on more than one project at a time. You know, I'm, I've always been the type of person that I'm reading three books, you know, at the same time, you know, depending on my mood, where I am. <laughs> so there, there's a couple of projects that hopefully next time I can talk about it a little bit more. But um, I actually uh, just recently became involved uh, in in a non-profit organization called Create LA, and um, it was founded by um, Danny Serpati, who is a wonderful quandary man. He develops uh, these uh, artist communities uh, in Los Angeles, and basically what this uh, non-profit organization is, is to give... uh, uh, children between the age of 11 having the opportunity to uh, explore you know, their feelings. Stuff. It's an after-school program. Oh, and it's, it's literally two hours, five days a week. They, they can drop in and um, there are different artists. That It's all artists that teach you know, uh, the the kids, anything sculpting, painting, and um, it's a, it's great because you know I know that for myself, art was always uh, something that saved me, or like I would work out my emotions through the arts, and I know how important it is and how it can literally change someone's life. Oh, Being you. a part of that uh, is such an honor, you know, and right. we're always doing it, even though uh, it's quite new. It's a couple of months old, you know, but it's already uh, getting a lot of attention, and people are, are really happy with it, and we just want to take it as far as we can and perhaps even make it a bi-coastal thing. Absolutely. Los Angeles and New York, you know. So that's one project that I'm doing, and um, I'm always sculpting <laughs> and working on some sort of installation. Okay. And, um, yeah, yeah. And We would love to have you back uh, to talk more about your projects. Um, as you can, you know, talk about them, I would love to have you back on. Thank you Thank so you. much. Would you come back and talk to us? Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Well, I will, we want to thank you for taking this time with us. Thank you so much, um, Nikki Savitt. And um, uh, you will be hearing about this, uh, about Nikki um, as, a, as a sculptor, and, and uh, she's a beautiful model as well. And I know you'll be hearing her name uh, very soon. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, and thank you, Nikki, for um, for your time, and uh, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. 
you as well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this will conclude uh, Media Night Radio tonight. Have a great night. And remember, come back tomorrow night. Rob Morrow is our guest tomorrow from Numbers, and uh, he'll be telling about a new adventure that he has uh, coming up. Uh, he'll be at the Mint in uh, Los Angeles uh, March 6th. So we'll be talking to him about that tomorrow. Have a nice evening. End the episode.